Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Dino Dogan with me. Dino is the CEO and co-founder of Triber, the social network for content creators that send millions of monthly visitors to its members. Dino has been featured in Forbes, Yahoo News, and other A-list publications. Dino is also a professional speaker. Welcome. I've also been featured in Z-list publications. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How you That's doing, George? Good, good, good. Thank uh, you for having me on the show, man. It's 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 great to have you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here, Dino. You are the uh, co-founder of Triber. Tell our audience how Triber works. Why would somebody use it, especially if bloggers? Why would they use Triber? Mm. You know, there's so many ways in that cat. Uh, but I'll tell you how Triber came about. So I started blogging in 2008, 2009, and um, I came from a network engineering background. Like I was a geek's geek. I used to teach computer geeks how to become bigger computer geeks, right? And um, I um, uh, I got into the whole blogging and content thing. Uh, I got into podcasting before podcasting was cool. Uh, I was doing you know YouTube videos and whatnot, uh, and nobody was watching or reading or listening. Right? <laughs> it sounds yeah. like a common problem, right? Yeah, it is. It is. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I got this content. How do I get people to see my content? And of course, if you ask Google, hey, Google, how do I bring people to my content? Google, not surprisingly, gives you the answer that Google is the answer, right? But I didn't know any better. I'm like, oh, okay, Google says Google is the answer. In other words, SEO, right? Um, so, okay, so I'll, I'll learn SEO. So, you know, being uh, f- having a technical background, SEO came really easy to me. And uh, I just got into it deep, and I was doing some funky stuff back then. I had this thing called uh, uh, Bookmarking Demon um, mm-hmm. that, would, uh, that would take your blog post and index it across like 3,000 bookmarking site Mm -hmm. so like back then it was like dig and you know and reddit was uh uh, was there as well back then and stumble upon like you know thousands of these sites the idea being when google crawls your content uh they'll find it when it's indexed across these sites because they're going to those sites and asking those sites hey you have any anything new that you're linking to and -hmm. they say yes i do dino's blog right and did it work back then did that work that strategy uh, yes and no. It kind of sort of worked. Mm-hmm. When it worked, it brought in the wrong kind of crowd, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so it kind of worked um, for indexing. It kind of worked for ranking. That kind of strategy doesn't work for ranking anymore, by the way. Um, but at the same time, I just naturally fell into this tribe of about 15 bloggers. And every day we were publishing content and I would go to their blogs and read it and share it and comment on it. And they would come to my blog and read it and share it and comment on it. And that's the part that worked. Mm-hmm. Like that's the piece that actually uh, helped me build a community, build an audience, um, uh, build relationships with people in the industry who were just, you know, just genius. Right. Um, and it was completely unintentional, right? So I'm thinking to myself, my co-founder, Dan Christo, right? He's like, you know, I want to start blogging too. And then we sort of sat down and looked at each other and we're like, hmm, so, you know, how do we bring Dan into this existing tribe? Like, how do we get this tribe now to look at Dan's content, right? And it was really hard. 
And besides, mm-hmm. if we can like if 15 uh, bloggers in a tribe is good, then like 40 bloggers in a tribe is better, right? So we yeah. were like, is there a way for us to pull all this content into one stream, essentially, right? Uh, so I don't have to go to 50 blogs every day, right? I just pull everything in, and it allows me to read the content right there, share it from that stream right there, and uh, and then comment on if if I want to and stuff like that. And when I share uh, other people's content, they actually see my content as well, and they do the same thing for me. So it's this reciprocal sharing of quality content. And we looked for a platform for a tool that would do that, and it didn't exist. So we built one. We called it Triber. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I've interviewed many successful bloggers, and they all talk about this network or the tribe, as mm-hmm. as, as as you, as the language that you're using for Triber. And you know, it makes perfect sense because they're all talking about you know I had when I started out uh, so on and so forth. I had like fifteen, twenty other bloggers that we talked with all the time and we read each other and then we commented and so on and so forth. And so Triber is basically the tool to enable that or simplify that or centralize exactly. it in a way, right? Exactly. All of that, yes. So it's, it's you know, the challenge for bloggers is to get eyeballs, right, mm-hmm. on, on the content. And what really kind of pissed me off is this content is king type of mantra yeah. that you hear all yep. over the place. And it's... You know, I, I, you go to some of these uh, busy, very popular sites online, and you see the crap, same crap content you would see any other blog that nobody reads, right? Yep. So how do we get beyond that? I do think that you need to have great content, so and you need to have unique content. But that is just maybe 10% of the equation or yeah. 20%. So what is king if content isn't king? Yeah, right. Uh, let me let's back up a little bit because I think you've hit on a very interesting point, right? All these big sites are talking about how content is king. It's a it's a trope. It's a meme, right? Content is king, right? Um, why are they saying that? And the reason they're saying that is because they their sites, their content. Uh, their content was born into a different world than our content, right? Sometime in 2009, there was a, a change in the online culture. It went from a linking culture to sharing culture. You know, Twitter and Facebook became pervasive, became ubiquitous. Uh, think about, like, when was the last time you linked to someone versus yeah. when was the last time you shared something? Right. Well, yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the culture in, of the Internet changed in 2009 um, when Windows 95 came out in 1995. Right. Um, and, you know, up until maybe mid 2000s, um, if you published your content any time during that time frame, 1995 to like 2005, six, seven, eight. Right. If you published it in that time frame, you were essentially – there was a deficit of content online and excess of readers, right? Between 1995, yeah. we went from 16 million people online to nearly 2 billion in 2009. So the internet population exploded, Right? Um, and it exploded during this time where if you published a fart, people would hear it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In 2009, it's a different kind of world. The internet expansion in terms of population has slowed down dramatically, right? Uh, by, by 2009, America has onboarded online, right? And that's really the, uh, 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 who are we going after, right? You and I who are producing content in America, like China is its own thing, and you know there's other countries, but in terms of where money is coming from, it's coming from America. So it's really, who's buying online? Americans. I'm generalizing, but it's Americans, yeah. right? Yep. So uh, by 2009, Americans have onboarded online. Uh, they're they're on, on the internet, right? So this, uh, the population growth has slowed down dramatically. Meanwhile, there's this explosion of content post 2005, 6, 7, 8, right? So, and check this out. It's no coincidence, right? Um, Huffington Post, Mashable, TechCrunch, Jezebel, Gawker, Lifehacker, um, Twitter, Facebook, all of these sites were born in the mid um, in the early to mid 2000s, all of them, they were born during the explosion of eyeballs and deficit of content. And today is a different world. So when they say content is king, they're speaking their reality, right? They've experienced that. And they're spe- it was true when it was relevant to them. But uh, the world has changed. And that trope doesn't hold water anymore. Sorry about that. So, yeah, no, no, that's that's good. I went on a so, rant there. <laughs> so it seems that sites that have been online for five or more years are at a huge advantage. They got tons of traffic, and you know, I actually interviewed some bloggers that, you know, they've been blogging for like ten years, and mm-hmm. they had no idea what they were doing, and mm-hmm. you know, they didn't do anything special, mm-hmm. and yet they today have blogs that have millions of visitors because. It's a seniority thing, you know. It's 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 hard to believe that the internet has such a thing, but it, it's almost you know it's based on seniority today. It's so what do it, we yeah. need to do today? If you're a new blogger today and you don't have a million dollar monthly budget to advertise and do all the other stuff, what do you need to do to get noticed? Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, you know, con- you know, content is uh, great. Content is a price of entry, right? The content has to be good, right? I mean, that's that's a given, right? Um, and then, you know, nobody cares about you until you show them that you care about them, right? So you need to just build a tribe. You need to, um, you know, connect with other bloggers. Don't try to connect with, like, top bloggers or influencers or whatever, right? Just connect with bloggers who are more junior than yourself. Connect with bloggers who are on the same level as you, right? And you guys build a posse and uh, uh, elevate one another, right? Uh, So build relationships uh, across those types of uh, uh, bloggers, content creators, whatever they are, right? Uh, Build those relationships, uh, help each other out, cross-promote each other, share in each other's audience. um, And um, and then, you know, you... (sighs) You know, it used to be like, imagine you were a writer 50 years ago. All you had to do is write a book, right? And then a big publishing house would figure out how to distribute it. Big publishing house would figure out how to promote it. You didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. 
But today, if you publish a piece of content, you have to figure out how to distribute it. You have to figure out how to promote it. So in addition to being a kick-ass content creator, you also have to become a master promoter and a marketer, which is a really a wide range of skills. It's, it's almost unfair to expect people to do all of that, but that's exactly what we have to do. Okay. So let's talk about connecting. Let's talk about using Triber for that purpose. Let's say you start out blogging and you have maybe 30 really good posts on there. So you don't really want to compare yourself to somebody that's been blogging for, you know, 10 years and you don't really want to network with somebody like that. So you want to how do you use Triber to find the right fit for your own blog? What are you looking for? So I'll give you an example. Oh, well, you know, in terms of how to build a tribe or what kind of tribe you're looking for, here's a simple rule. Um, if you connect with a tribe whose content you love to read and love to share, you're going to have a great time. It's simple as that, right? But beyond that, in terms of tribe building strategies, you can build a niche tribe. So if you blog about, you know, dogs, then you can build a dog tribe. Or maybe it's a little broader right? Maybe it's a pet tribe. So there's some cat bloggers and ferret bloggers in there, right? Um, maybe it's a location-specific tribe. I lived in Tucson, Arizona for a while, and I had a Tucson tribe of bloggers. And one of them was like reviewing restaurants. Another one was a real estate blogger. I was doing like um, businessy marketing, social media stuff, blogging. Um, uh, a fourth guy was doing IT, information technology at an IT a company and a blog. All right. So, and it goes on and on. So our common thread was, um, was location, right? So there's all kinds of different uh, tribe building strategies. But if you just stick to that mantra, it's like, you know, um, tribe up with people whose content you love to read and love to share, and you're, you're going to do great. Okay. How many tribes are there on Triber today, approximately? I have no idea. Um, uh, about six months ago, there was about 100,000, close to 100,000 tribes. So there's probably more oh. than that now. Okay, so 100,000 plus. So let's talk about... How long it took you to go from idea to validation three to weeks. product with Triber? Three weeks. <laughs> so three weeks, uh, <laughs> you and your co-founder came up with the idea, and then the validation only took uh, that long, and then the product, all of it in three weeks. Yeah, pretty much. So Dan Christo is the speed demon of implementation. Uh, we got together. I, I had this idea for, uh, for Triber, for what was to become Triber. On Wednesday, we got together on Saturday. On Monday, him and I were in a tribe together, right? And we were cr uh, cross-promoting each other and sharing each other's content. Um, three weeks later, we launched it in beta and uh, invited a few hundred people to start using it. So it was, it was very fast. Did you was it on purpose fast or it just happened to be that fast? Did you have you know I'm we're gonna have three weeks and we're gonna make this happen or we're not interested or how you know it sounds like an awful fast process. It wasn't that thought out, right? And, uh, neither of us. Uh, so Dan has built platforms before, like he had Flutters, uh, which was uh, essentially video Twitter. Right? It was Vine before Vine. This was back in like 2009, 2010. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so Dan had experience in building platforms, um, uh, but you know, he had no experience in terms of content. 
uh, or in terms of blogging or in terms of like marketing or content promotion and stuff like that. That was my bag. Uh, but we, we had no idea what we, we still have no idea what we're doing. So it's, you know, we're, we, it was just, that's how long it took to build something that resembled something and make it work. And once it, we did that, we just started inviting people. And at what point, once you, once you had a product, what point did you think that you were onto something that, you know, well, this is taking off, there is adoption, people are excited about it? How long did it take? You know, we were pretty fanatical about our product from the get-go. Like, you know, because we knew that we were essentially, you know, trying to automate or semi-automate this thing that we were already doing, that a lot of people have, are already doing um, in a very, very manual fashion, right? Because, like, you have G-plus communities of bloggers who, like, cross-promote each other, Facebook groups uh, uh, that cross-promote each other, right? But there's no platform that's built for cross-promotion. So, uh, you know, in terms of knowing that there's a market fit, we knew that that existed. Um, and w we were pretty fanatical about it from day one. Did you always know how and when you would monetize Triber? No, no. We monetized it uh, very quickly. Um, we monetized it about a month into its existence. Um, maybe it took us another three weeks or so to monetize uh, Triber. We were selling virtual currency bones. Uh, that's what we called it. Uh, yeah. So it was like Bitcoin, right? <laughs> Except it was just for Triber. Um, and uh, so we monetized it very quickly. Like we made our first $10 in like uh, first month uh, of our launch. And then we have to, had to refund it. Oh, so but how, to, how did it make that somebody was actually willing to pay that first $10? How did it make you feel? Oh, my God, dude, I remember exactly where I was. I was in Tucson by the pool, and then I see a PayPal thing come through. It says uh, somebody purchased something, and immediately I uh, reach for my phone to call Dan, and my phone is ringing. Dan is calling me. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I remember I talked to a lot of businesses, and, and so many of them remember that first sale, yeah. uh, even if it was like two cents at a, on an AdSense account or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and we actually had to refund that sale. The lady uh, was like, oh, I didn't realize he would charge me. And we were like, you know what? <laughs> we're happy to refund it. It just means that we've built a smooth process for uh, a smooth payment process. So we're happy to refund you. And then, you know, uh, next week we had like three or four sales. And then next month we had like a bunch and whatnot. Um, and that's how we monetized it initially. But then we decommissioned Bones, went to a premium model, and now we have essentially brands paying bloggers to blog, you know, uh, for the brand essentially to be brand ambassadors. So we is that the campaign part of yeah, the yeah, that's the campaign site? part. Yep. Okay, so you just introduced it fairly recently. Mm. We started it um, a little over a year ago in beta, closed beta. And uh, we ran it with a few clients, and uh, one was them was Al May, which is a makeup product, um, Tom's Shoes. Uh, we had few brands that uh, uh, used it while it was in beta. And then in January, we uh, essentially, now anyone can uh, start a campaign. Um, and so we you know, kind of released it into the wild. Uh, but it's been kind of a soft launch because we, we're not like promoting it very heavily because we're still sort of getting our bearings in terms of scaling out 
um, you know, everything really, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the bandwidth, the servers, the personnel, uh, you know, the the whole process of we do influence marketing completely different from everybody else. So there's a, a lot of training. How is it different? Coaching. Tell me. It's different in few different in few ways, right? So typically, you know, what brands and agencies consider influence marketing is, um, George, here's some product. Could you please review it on your blog or something like that? And that's nonsense, right? That's what that's what brand to blogger relationship looks like when brands. Uh, make up that relationship, right? When they decide what kind of relationship they're going to have with a blogger. That's what it looks like. So we didn't want that. Uh, You want to hire our bloggers, pay them. Right? That's that's Mm -hmm. number one how it's different. Um, And then, you know, our minimum payout is uh, double the industry standard. And the reason we can charge brands double the industry standard um, is because um, of collective bargaining power, right? So, you know, it's essentially this is Groupon in reverse. When a brand hires an influencer, that influencer works by him or herself in a vacuum, completely uh, cut off from all other influencers, if there are any. So they work by their lonesome, right? With Triber, you come into a campaign with, let's say, 50 other bloggers. You guys are working together. It's a collaborative campaign. So every time you publish a key piece of content, the other 49 bloggers spread it out, create this first yeah. ripple, right? And you do the same thing for them, right? So essentially, the 50 bloggers collectively raise each other's value, right? So brands are happy to pay uh, that kind of money if it means that they're going to uh, reach greater number of people and have a more effective campaign. Uh, and then... We provide a full lifecycle campaign, right? Um, most uh, platforms that call themselves influence marketing platforms, it's just a database of people who blog, right? And there's value there, right? But, you know, George, you've received those emails, right? Hey, George, you know, I have this product or thing that you, I would like for you to write about. Would you please blah, 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 right? You've received those emails. Oh, yeah. The success rate, the response rate uh, for those emails is less than 5%. If you email 100 people like that, uh, less than five of them will actually reply back. And three of those replies are going to be like, dude, leave me alone. How did you find my address? Take me off your list, right? So what we've done with Triber is instead of brands pitching bloggers, we let bloggers pitch brands. So a brand sets up a campaign page a la Kickstarter all the details about the campaign are on that page. You know, the payout, the duration, the milestones, the overview, the goal, and so on. Um, and then um, the influencer, the blogger, the podcaster, YouTuber, whoever, right? They actually raise their hand and says, hey, this campaign uh, suits me. I would like to be part of that campaign. They apply to join. They fill out a little form. And boom, Bob's your uncle. The uh, brand goes over the applicants. They choose the one they want, uh, and they launch the campaign. So it's it's different on so many levels. Uh, let's talk about marketing, uh, Triber. What has what stands out in terms of effectiveness, in terms of promoting uh, Triber and getting the word out about it? Uh, our members. That's we word of mouth. Yeah, uh, that's been. We have zero marketing budget. 
there's no marketing budget. <laughs> you know, we don't spend any money on marketing. Um, it's uh, our members joining tribe or finding it useful uh, and then deciding to build their own tribe, which I, I think everyone should be a chief. Everyone should have their own tribe. Uh, they decide to build their own tribe. And the way they do it is they usually write a blog post about it and says, hey, you, those of you in my audience who have a blog, let's, you know, meet on Triber and here's what it is. And, you know, they sort of lay it all out. Uh, and that's been, you know, that's been the most effective method of uh, bringing in new members. It's always a good sign when uh, when word of mouth is really working for a company. It's it's a good sign, isn't it? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about uh, maybe if you can share one or two of the greatest challenges of of Triber as a business oh that you that you were faced with. You mentioned technology earlier. I mean, what is it? What what are some of the biggest challenges you're you're dealing with on a daily basis? Yeah. Well, the big overarching challenge is we have this big vision. We have this notion of what we want Triber to be. Um, but we can't get there today. It's like we, it's like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And that is so incredibly painful. Like I wish I had bazillions of dollars to dump and like build a, a, a triber that's in my head, but we just can't do that. Uh, so we have to build it bit by bit and that's been very painful. Um, and then the other, and it's really kind of a, a you know a flip side of the same issue, is um, we've had to kill so many of our babies. We've launched products inside Triber, features inside Triber, like headline testing area. It's essentially hot or not for your headlines. So you put in two headlines, and people can vote and you know um, comment on on a headline, right? Um, um, did people ask for it, or did you just think it was a good idea? I thought it was a good idea because that's what I do. Like uh, my my friends on Skype, I'm always hitting them and asking them to vote on a headline, right? So again, scratching my own itch, but it was a super popular feature uh, that we had to discontinue uh, because we just can't support it. We can't continue to support it. It wasn't like monetized, so it wasn't bringing in money directly. Um, so we had to discontinue it. Um, reblog. Reblog is the future of Triber. And we had a completely different implementation from anybody else. Um, so reblog is essentially retweet for your blog article, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and the, the, the way we were different is that when you publish an article on your blog, I can reblog it to my blog and it takes obviously the headline, the entire content, so the user doesn't have to, you know, click more times than necessary. The authorship, obviously, right? You wrote the article, you should get the credit. And, and, and this is the uh, uh, truly unique part, the, uh, the comments. So the comment section was syndicated as well. Somebody leaves a comment on my instance of your article, it appears on your uh, article and vice versa. And your article could appear across 50 other blogs with a single click. So it's like mass syndication for your article. But we had to discontinue it because we can't support it, but we will bring it back. Both of those okay. features. Okay. Um, I have some general entrepreneurial questions for you. Um, 
dealing first first one is how to how to deal with the roller coaster ride of of entrepreneurship um is it easier for you now than than it was you know let's say five years ago uh, how do you how do you deal with the ups and downs what advice do you have for others in our audience man that's that's a great question to which i don't know that i'm that i have the right answer or that i'm qualified to answer it um but, uh, you know, uh, I grew up in Bosnia. I, I grew up uh, uh, during the war in the 90s. Um, I, I left Bosnia in, like, mid-90s and came to the United States. Um, so, and I used to, like, dodge sniper bullets uh, running across the bridge trying to get some water, uh, clean water, right? Because we didn't have any running water and whatnot, right? So whenever times get hard, um, in terms of my entrepreneurial journey, if you will, uh, I remind myself where I came from, and the things aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, things look good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comparatively speaking, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great point. You know, the the average consensus is that about fifty percent of businesses fail within the first few years of being in business. Yeah. Why do you think so many businesses fail? Well, so speaking from personal experience, because I've had a failed business prior to Triber. I had uh, these DVD kiosks before Netflix was a clear winner. Uh, and I probably dumped about 50 grand of my own money, savings, uh, into this business that I never recouped. And it took, it took about two years to fail. So talk about, you know, opportunity cost in addition to, you know, uh, actual money cost, right? Mm -hmm. Um you know, uh, you have to be crazy and optimistic and hopeful if you're going to be an entrepreneur and start your own business. Uh, and that automatically sets you up for failure, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Because you don't see all the angles. You don't, uh, uh, you don't know what you don't know. Um, you, your hope, is, uh, hope becomes part of your strategy, Right. Yeah. Uh, and and that just uh, doesn't work, man. It, it just doesn't work. Uh, so that's part of it, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's so many yeah. variables. Yeah. I mean, you could write books on it. It's just, you know, sometimes, you know, just what something sticks out, you know, like that one thing, you know. But I mean, there is probably you could come up with a hundred different reasons businesses fail. Yeah, for sure. So what was the best advice you've ever received in your life? Oh, um, all advice is a model airplane. That is the best advice I ever received. All advice is a model airplane. That's all it is. And what that means is that um, when somebody gives you an advice, they're essentially giving you a model airplane. They have built this giant people-carrying airplane that's their business, right? Uh, it's like Boeing 747 right, that they've built, and then they're telling you how they've done it. But they can't transfer all of their experience onto you. So all they're give you, give, really do, doing is giving you this toy airplane. And now you're supposed to build the toy, uh, the, you, you know, your own Boeing 747 out of this toy airplane. And that's hard, man. So, so you know, all advice is take it with a grain of salt. Uh, you, don't, you don't have their experience you don't have their circumstances. Timing and luck have a lot to do with success. And I could write a dissertation. In fact, I have written a dissertation about this stuff. Timing and luck have a lot to do with it. Um, um, so, yeah. yeah, so just all advice is, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. 
what is the most important thing for an entrepreneur to do during the first 12 months of being in business? What should, what should an entrepreneur focus on? That's a great question, man. That's a, that's a great question. And, and, and it's one I don't even think I'm qualified to answer, but I'll try. Um, I think, I, and I hate that I'm going to answer it this way, because this is not what I did. Uh, but I think you have to uh, focus on the money, right? It's like, where is, how am I going to pay my mortgage, right? Um, with startups and, you know, entrepreneurships and startups are often bundled together, and I'm not sure that they should be. But with like startups, uh, uh, a monetization strategy for startups is to raise money. Like that's how people who work at that company get paid. Right. That Yo app that everybody was talking about last week. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Raised million dollars. Right. Um, the app is not monetized. Right. They have no idea how they're going to make uh, make money with that app. Uh, the investor or the founder of the company. Um, but he monetized it for himself by raising <laughs> money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you got to pay mortgage somehow. So figure out how you're going to uh, pay mortgage. Maybe that means you're going to end up raising money. Uh, maybe that means you're going to, um, you know, focus on the parts of your business that are actually making you money. And that's super hard, man, because the parts of my business that I like to focus on are not making me money. Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate validation, right? Are you willing to pay me for whatever I have? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So uh, I only have – I know we went over uh, the 30 minutes. I just have two more questions. Do you have time for Please, yeah, absolutely. two more? Okay. What do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs? That's a great question again. Wow. Great questions, George. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that you have to think about the answers because that means that there's value there, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so – there's a few different angles uh, we could take on this. Um, I'll tell you uh, uh, one of the biggest time wasters that um, um, caught me off guard. Um, you know, I, I you know I grew up doing martial arts, and you know I spent I try to run as much as possible, and I still do a martial arts a little bit here and there, just to sort of stay in shape and whatnot. Um, but since I started Triber, um, that's my sort of my health. And, you know, my fitness regimen or whatever, that's really been suffering, right? So, um, so what I'm really trying to say is that uh, if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to end up sick, lethargic, um, you're going to lack energy, and that's going to waste you a lot of time, Right? So mm -hmm. by paying, uh, uh, paying your dues in terms of you know, taking care of yourself health-wise, fitness-wise, up front, um, you're, you're ensuring that your energy, um, uh, that, you're, you know, that, that you're not going to get sidetracked um, by you, know, you get sick for three weeks and you, know, you can't do anything. Well, that's a huge waste of time, right? So I, I think I'm happy with that answer. Yeah. Okay. Just take care of yourself. You okay. Know? Yeah, that sounds great. Now, if you could train someone to be a successful entrepreneur, what would be the first thing you would teach that person? So the sentence would be, start with this, right? Somebody comes to you, Dino, you're successful with Triber, you're building a great business. 
what would you teach that person if they're just an employee now, they had never had a business? What is the one thing they need to focus on? That's easy. They need to learn how to learn. It's easy. Uh, uh, when we go to school, we're not taught how to learn. We're taught things, but we're not taught how to learn, right? So um, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to be a person, if you're going to be a human being on this planet, right, uh, at some point it behooves you to learn how to learn, right? Um, and uh, I'll, you know, I'll give you uh, a, a great, great um, uh, thing that um, has helped me tremendously, and I've listened to it a bunch of times. Uh, Brian Tracy. He's a, like a self-help guy, motivational guy, businessy guy, whatever. He's like a, a old school type of uh, uh, type of uh, speaker, and you know, whatever. Do you know Brian Tracy? Yes, of course. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and uh, he has this program called Accelerated Learning Techniques. Mm-hmm. Don't be fooled by the accelerated. It's really you know learning techniques, and if you. Like, I've read some of his other stuff, and it's fine. It's a little derivative. It's, you know, it's what every other guru is talking about, right? But mm-hmm. for accelerated learning techniques, he partnered up with this guy from, I want to say, Cambridge or Harvard or one of those big universities, right, who studies learning. He's a learning researcher. So they partnered, and they produced this, like, six or seven CD set. This is, like, probably 10-plus years ago they did this. Um uh, and it, it, it just, it has helped me tremendously in learning how to learn. So I think that's a really good start for people. If it's, it's well worth like 70 or 80 bucks that it costs to pick up or whatever. Uh, it's, I've listened to it like four or five times over the course of 10 years or so. Accelerated learning, Brian Tracy. Accelerated learning out. techniques, Brian Tracy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dino, I really appreciate you coming on Success Harbor today to share your story and to talk about how you, uh, you, you're building Triber. How can people connect with you or find out more about you? DinoDogan.com, D-I-N-O-D-O-G-A-N.com. So everybody out there, go to DinoDogan.com and say hi to Dino. Thank you very much. Thank you, George.